0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Man, if Mike Hilton was this valuable to this defense... Why didn't the Steelers just keep him? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. The Steelers cut Antoine Brooks after practice yesterday on the south side. I was over there. There wasn't that much of a sense of, I would say, shock and awe. But I would say that it's yet another sign from above, I guess, from the football gods, that you had a Hilton, you let the Hilton go, and now it's time to just proceed without the Hilton. This idea that the Steelers have where they actually told both Brooks and Arthur Mallette, the two players whom they'd hope to kind of cast against each other in this camp to become Hilton 2.0, to actually watch footage of this player and what he did for this defense and say to him, this is what we need. Do this, do that, but do it just like 28. That's an extraordinary thing. I've got to tell you, it's not something that I've, seen or heard a lot about in covering professional sports for over a quarter century in this town. Almost always, the admonition is, hey, just go be yourself. Be the best version of yourself. This wasn't that. I spoke with Brooks early in this camp at Hines Field, and I asked him at the time about Mike Hilton, and I was fully expecting to get something like that back, meaning no, man, I I just got to be me. Instead, he just came right back and said, oh, yeah, I've got to be Mike Hilton. Millette ended up saying the same thing. Guess what, kids? We're all out of Mike Hilton's. Unless you want to call the Bengals and try to find a way to bring him back. Oh, and incidentally, take on a four-year $24 million contract and a $5.3 million annual cap hit. And I'm going to throw in parenthetically here that that's a cap hit if you're looking at the state of where the Steelers currently are in that context that they could have handled. They could have handled. This isn't revisionist history on my part. This isn't me conveniently saying something after the fact. A lot of you will remember that of the two players that everyone feared and to an extent knew they were going to lose between Hilton and Bud Dupree, I was the one saying keep Hilton because you at least had another guy to take Bud's spot in the defense. And now that's evident more than ever with the outstanding camp that Alex Highsmith is having. You didn't have and don't have a Hilton So maybe there's a lesson to be learned here for everyone in the front office that if you have this component to your defense, to your defensive playbook, that you really value, that you really like, that you feel is a wild card that other teams have a hard time preparing for. And by that, I'm referring to Hilton's blitzing ability, his run-stopping ability, the way he sniffs out the football. If you have that, My God, don't let it go. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose how you'd prefer to take those in, whether it's at Point Park's beautiful downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, or maybe you'd prefer a flexible hybrid format. Learn more about all of this at pointpark.edu. The Steelers have a slot corner. He's not Mike Hilton, but he's a slot corner who brought things to that position that Hilton didn't. I'm talking, of course, about Cam Sutton. Why isn't Cam Sutton being just put where he's always been? It's not as if there isn't a replacement at right outside corner for Steven Nelson. It's not as if Sutton is direly needed out there. In fact, if you look at what the Steelers' most likely plan is now, it's to start out with Sutton at right outside corner in the base defense and then move him inside on passing downs. Okay? Why? Why? I mean, I keep coming back to the... Sutton contract negotiation this past winter where the team told Sutton as he left in January from exit meetings that they were going to do what they could to try to get him to the outside. But the reason that you want to be on the outside if you're a corner, being just totally blunt here, is that's where the money is. And the Steelers have always done a pretty good job of dealing with players in a forthright and honest way, meaning they don't have a problem discussing stuff like this. Oh, you want to go where the money is? All right, that's fine. A lot of these discussions happen along uh, along the line, for example. If you're a guard, you're not going to make as much money as a tackle. If you're a right tackle, you're not going to make as much money as a left tackle and so forth. It happens at every position. So if... Promises were made to Sutton, which they they were to an extent. I'm sure they weren't etched in stone. Great. He signed his contract. You actually created an environment in camp where he could have gotten his wish. But guess what? It didn't work. There wasn't a Mike Hilton. And there isn't a Mike Hilton. So what do you do now? What you do is you pay attention to the other thing that's been occurring throughout all of this that seems to be getting, in a way, ignored, and that's Pierre. Pierre has made a lot of good plays in this camp. He's been aggressive on the football. He's been smart on coverage. Hasn't been perfect. Nobody's perfect at that position. My goodness. But that also goes back to him winning we taking over the job from Justin Lane after Stephen Nelson went down. You'll recall late last season. Pierre showed on the field in stadiums to use the Tomlinism that he could handle the position and maybe even get appreciably better. Well, he's done that. he's made the plays. This is a confident. Young man on top of all that. Listen to some of what he had to say yesterday. Um, You know, we're just working hard. Like I say, we're just working hard every day, attacking every day of each week, work week, you know. You know, we still got preseason, so, you know, we still got to keep preparing, getting the best present we can be, you know, being the best person we can be. Put everybody where they go and leave them alone. Yes, there are packages and sub-packages and nickels and dimes and everything else, And you can still utilize Sutton in different ways. But your right outside cornerback should be James Pierre. And then just leave him alone. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George. LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG are super lawyers. That's a real thing. They've been designated that way for the past 15 years. It's reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at LGKG. Dot com. Today's question comes from Lori Coleman, and she asks, I'm pretty excited after seeing Ben play against Detroit. Based on what we've seen so far, do you think the O-line is up to the job of keeping him healthy this season? My answer to that, Lori, you're not going to like it, but you got to hear it the whole way out. You're not going to like it at the beginning. My answer to that is no. If it's just up to the O-line, the answer is an emphatic no, but it won't be. It won't be just up to those guys. I think if you look back at last season and how weak and feeble that group looked, meaning the offensive line in front of him, the way they were just caving in on snap after snap. Everyone talks about how they failed to block for the run, and they let them off the hook for the pass blocking just because Ben was only sacked 13 times. Now, credit where it's due. 13 sacks over a full season, a 38-year-old quarterback, that's impressive for everybody. That's a feather in everyone's cap. But it was mostly a feather in Ben's cap because he released the football from snap to throw. In an average of 2.17 seconds, that was the fastest release of any quarterback in the NFL. Can't imagine why he did that, huh, Lori? <laughs> well, he can do it again. He can do it again. He can have a fast release. He's now worked within an offense where he can move the ball quickly. Now, ideally, they do better than that. Ideally, they give him a chance to set a pocket to put the ball up in the air and to get downfield. Ideally, they run block so that Najee Harris can make an impact that the running backs last year obviously didn't. Ideally, they're capable of doing the zone blocking that Matt Canada's introduced, as well as all the other movement and machinations that he's created, and make the Steelers' offense in general look a lot less predictable that, I think, is going to mean a lot toward keeping Ben clean. So that's kind of what I'm getting at here, Lori. It's not just, is the offensive line going to be able to do the job? Because I think that's thinking of this offense the way it was last year. And it, well, it had better not be that again this year. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do this again tomorrow.